welcome to Harvest Birth Stories, where we support mamas pre, post, and during birth. My name is Sophie Grace, and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories across the United States and beyond, and encourage mothers all around the world to feel proud and empowered by any story that they may have experienced. Let's get into the podcast. Thank you for listening. Today we have Casey here and she's going to share on her two births. I guess I should let her introduce herself a little bit if you want to. Yeah. Um, So my name is Casey. Um, I live in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, and I have two kiddos. They're 14 months apart. Um, And I am doing daycare at home right now. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like it? I feel like there's such a need for daycare and we could, that could be like a whole other topic of conversation because <laughs> like oh no daycares around anymore. So that's actually why I started doing daycare. Um, cause we couldn't find daycare for two kids under the age of two. And so that was kind of our only option. So yeah, it's nice. I've done it, um, for quite a few years as a supervisor up in Fargo. Um, oh, so yeah. it wasn't really anything new to me. So it's, it's it is of, what it is. And just yeah. Kind of, what we got to do, I guess. <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let's kind of go into how you and your partner decided or didn't decide to have children and give us a little backstory about your guys' life at home. Yeah. Um, so we kind of were um, in the honeymoon phase when we were like, you know, we'll just have a baby whenever. And <laughs> <laughs> um actually so when we started trying if it happened it happened um but I ended up getting a really bad kidney infection um in January of I believe it was 2020 um and then I ended up finding out I was pregnant end of March and my recovery from the kidney infection was super super long um mm-hmm. but baby was healthy and I was doing good and then um I ended up bleeding with baby 1 for like a week. And then, um, I went in, everything looked good. Baby looked good. HCG levels were good. And they said everything was fine. Just could have been some spotting or whatever. Um, and then throughout the week, it kind of picked up more bleeding, cloudier, heavier, mm-hmm. went back in a week later and baby looked good. HCG levels were good, but they did find a hemorrhage, a subchorionic hemorrhage. Um, they said I could bleed the rest of my pregnancy. Um, but then I went in, uh, so that was a Friday and then I went in on, on a Tuesday for my like first, um, appointment with our doctor and I ended up losing the baby. Mm-hmm. So I think it probably was from the hemorrhage. Um, and I just want to put out there too. somebody explained this way better to me. It was OB nurses where I currently go now. Basically the hemorrhages are just like a bruise. And some are worse mm-hmm. than others. Some aren't as bad as others. Um, and people panic, which motherly instinct, I mean, I would hope you would. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, don't stress about it because I think that's where I went wrong was I, I stressed about it. And 
something just happened and it was just God's calling to <laughs> for us yeah. to not have a baby, you know, but I think a lot of it had to do with a kidney infection. I mean, yeah, my body, right before, you know, I was on antibiotics for a long time. Um, so then we were just kind of healing after that. And then we were just like, if we have another baby, we have another baby. And then, so that was May when we lost the baby. And then what was it? End of July, I found out I was pregnant with our daughter. Um, then it was so weird. So with that, I actually like felt myself get pregnant. Um, and I think I put that in the thing I sent you, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't even know, like from moment of conception to taking the pregnancy test, like <laughs> I, I literally, like I just felt my body change. It was the weirdest thing ever. And like, I started having these dreams that I had this healthy baby girl have like it was like a deja vu when I did my delivery. It was crazy. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I took a pregnancy test. I actually took five pregnancy tests <laughs> to be sure it was positive, and it was. Um, yeah, yeah, I ate when I found out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, people are gonna think I'm psycho for taking five tests. No, <laughs> just kept buying them. <laughs> Yeah, you go to the doctor and you tell them that, and they're like, I think you're pregnant. And you're like, well, I just had to make sure. We took my blood work, too, just to be sure. Right. So when you found out you were pregnant with baby number two, um, where did you decide to, like, doctor and all of that stuff? Kind of go into that. Yeah, so we were doctoring up in Fargo, and I didn't mind it up there, Um but it was like right at the start of COVID. So they had all the nurses for like OB navigation, all of that stuff. They're kind of like pulling them to the COVID floors. Mm-hmm. So they were just like missing a lot of information and it was just like quick in and out appointments. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. literally you were, if you had a healthy pregnancy, you were in and out of there within five minutes. And I, I just felt very unsettled with that. Um, mm-hmm. But it was fine. Like we just, I had a healthy pregnancy. There's nothing to worry about. Um, but then I switched to Perm, um, which was kind of closer to where we were living at the time. And it still is a little closer um, now that where we're at now. Anyway, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I actually ended up switching from uh, OB to OBGYN to a midwife. And that was the best decision I've ever had. And it was just mm-hmm. more rural and we had more like one-on-one with them. And yeah, I really, that was a good switch for us. <laughs> yeah. What was like your like the biggest thing that you noticed going from an OB to a midwife? Uh, definitely like the hands-on care. Um, mm-hmm. Just more, I wouldn't say like natural, like they were, they're not so much more natural, but they're just more open to things, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think there's like, there's definitely a place for both. Um, OBs, they've just seen the worst of everything. So when they see right. a, you know, when they see a, a healthy pregnancy, they're like, Oh, you're good. <laughs> well, and I just felt like when we were up in Fargo, I just, I, I just really felt like you're going to lay down on this bed and have this baby in five hours. And I didn't want to be forced to have this baby in five hours and just lay down on this bed and push this kid out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how far along were you when you switched? Um, I did my last appointment at 28 weeks in Fargo and then I switched, like I was able to get in at 30 weeks over in Perm. Yeah, good. So then you were doing like what, every two week appointments by then probably. So you probably got to know your care team pretty well. Um, besides 
that, how the rest did your pregnancy go? And did you do any like preparation for birth when you were um, getting ready for number one? <laughs> um, so preg- or end- rest of the pregnancy went really good. But when I had my um, glucose testing, they actually found out I was anemic at that. But they didn't say anything to me up in Fargo about that. So when I switched over to Perm, they're like, we need to get you on an iron supplement ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had more one-on-one care when I was there. It was enjoyable. Um, Mm -hmm. And then for birth prep, I didn't really do much, but I come from a medical family. So I am fairly educated on that stuff. And then I just follow a lot of the pages on Instagram and read a Mm -hmm. lot of that stuff. So I just kind of self-educated, didn't really know what I was going into. And then also something I really liked about Perm is they have like strict OB nurses in the clinic that meet with you for second and third trimester a couple times and just check in with you and kind of create birth plans and all that kind of good stuff, go over everything. So that was kind of just what I needed to go over, like what options were, what, what things we could do to get through this pain and this ache, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what kind of was your, um, I guess, plan going into labor and how did labor we'll kind of go to the last few weeks if you want to and talk about how those went and just kind of go into your birth yeah so um at my 36 week appointment um that's when I do like the group B and check you and everything I was a centimeter dilated and 50% of face at 36 weeks with our daughter um and then what was it? Then I went in for a 38 week appointment and I was two centimeters, 80% effaced. And then that weekend, well, at that appointment, I was measuring at 41 weeks. So then we decided to schedule an induction um, just because, you know, they don't want you going over that 42 week measurements. And my midwife mm-hmm. kind of went over that with us and just kind of explained the precautions of all of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I went in over the weekend. I thought my water had broke and I stayed at 80% effaced and two centimeters. Um, but I was contracting two and a half minutes apart. They sent us home and then baby stayed in until our induction. And mm-hmm. I was bummed about it just because I, I did want to go on my own. Um, but that baby just didn't want to come out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it went, it went really good. Um, I really wanted to do a water birth. So the midwife in Perm that I see, she does water births in the hospital and that didn't quite happen. You know, things don't go always as planned. Um, and it was our first, like I said, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but I free labored pretty much the whole time, um, up until like transition. And I was about seven and a half centimeters and I got the epidural. Um, and actually I was going to note on that too, in Perm, you can control your epidurals. Um, and I think you mentioned in your, um survey that I sent you that you did get was it Cervidil correct yes so and that was another thing I really like about the way that they do the induction there is um so she did Cervidil and just where I was at with effacement dilation I only needed two out of the 10 pills for that and I was in labor on my own so that was kind of nice because then it kind of made me have some ease that you know my body is doing this on its own and that's not being forced and we just kind of yeah so nice yeah, versus like when, you know, those poor people who have to have inductions where they get the max dose of everything, yeah. <laughs> nothing's happening. 
oh I just feel so awful for them I, know. I was like I do not want pit I do not want pit I do not want pit <laughs> all right so that was your body was probably just like ready and needed like a tiny little push to go off the edge <laughs> it was so then this is kind of my funny story moment so I was five centimeters when they broke my water and I was laying not quite flat but like I was pretty flat and Jake was standing up by my shoulders and the midwife broke my water and it was the weirdest feeling in the world, but it was just mm-hmm. like this giant gush. And then all of a sudden I remember looking over at Jake and I was like, my shoulders and my midwife, oh, like her eyes got wide and she was like, what was that? And I was like, my shoulders. And I had so much fluid that it went all the way up to my shoulders and soaked the bed completely. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was why I was measuring so big. But I was like, oh my God, this is awful. So I was covered in amniotic fluid head to toe. And like I had my hair down when this happened. And I'm it was oh. so close to getting my I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Man, your baby had like lots of cushion in there then. <laughs> yeah, she was nice and cozy in there. <laughs> did your midwife kind of say after that happened that she was like, Oh, that's like I guess baby's not measuring as you know what I mean because I know like so many people that I know go in and they get ultrasounds and it says like oh baby's measuring small baby's measuring big and then they come out and it's like the complete opposite I'm like are these even like accurate (laughs) yeah so they do say that like the ultrasounds can be like a certain percentage off um Avery was not too off so she was only seven or she was seven pounds 14 ounces so I mean she wasn't like tiny but she wasn't Mm -hmm. giant she was very average average size yeah yeah um so you got the what do we say cervidil you labored you got your water broken kind of just like take us through the rest of your labor yeah so once my water broke then you know contractions really pick up and I was in the tub a lot that day um I just did a lot of like research before I went in and they say water helps reduce the risk of tearing mm-hmm. um, and I really really wanted this water birth but once I hit that like seven centimeters, I tried the fentanyl and I tried the laughing gas and the fentanyl made me feel like I was dying and sleeping at the same time, but wasn't taking the pain away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they couldn't get like the laughing gas to work. Like something was wrong with their valve on the pump. And I was like, screw this. Call the midwife ASAP. We're getting the epidural because I'm about to <laughs> freak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I, I, I was really calm, honestly, the whole time. Um, but I was getting close to eight centimeters by the time they administered the epidural. Um, anyway, I got the epidural in. That was about 1130 at night. And I just, I don't even remember anything up until I just remember, like, they had a peanut ball on my legs. And I started freaking out at my fiance. I was like, they need to get this damn ball off my legs right now. <laughs> like I don't know I was just like the tingly feeling but I could still feel everything Mm -hmm. I don't know I needed it off and it gave me super bad anxiety Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I just like I think I was just about to sleep and all of a sudden I was like oh my god I'm gonna poop and I knew (laughs) I wasn't gonna poop and the nurse I was like you need to get the nurse in here right now and my midwife had just gotten home and into bed and they called her and they're like Casey's having this baby right now (laughs) so she got her and they were like, you need to not push. And I was like, I'm pushing. I don't care what you say. Like this baby is coming now. Mm-hmm. Um, so within the midwife arriving, I truthfully pushed for 20 minutes off five contractions and she came <laughs> out. <Yeah. laughs> so you had mentioned that your epidural 
was like the one where you could um like uh control it <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm like what is that word i'm like control okay i read elementary school again it was like um, this like little button yeah yeah no i've heard of that and i've asked a lot of people on the podcast if theirs was like that and everybody's like no <laughs> and i was like i just i want to know somebody that has had one like that before <laughs> no it was it was good but then i just like i forgot to push it towards the very end because you're not even thinking about pushing the button so that i guess is the downside to it but i know other like girls that have delivered there and they said they pushed it a lot so they were pretty numbed up and couldn't feel anything but I got it so mm -hmm. late in the game I think that that's just, nice so it kind of gives you a little bit of control over it, yes. how numb you want to be because I feel like you know some people want to be just you know dead weight <laughs> and want to be able to still feel some of those sensations yeah so yeah it was I totally forgot to push it and then when I was pushing um, this was my other funny story. So when I was pushing, I stuck my hands out to the side of the bed mm -hmm. and I accidentally, and I have it on, I have all of this on video, which is super embarrassing, but I stuck my <laughs> arms out to the side of the guardrails and I ended up sitting myself up as I was pushing. And my <laughs> midwife said she's never had that happen before. <laughs> You're like, well, this is happening. That just happened. And then she came out and I, like, as her head was crowning, I screamed my clit. And I had, like, I have all this embarrassing stuff on video. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's there forever. <laughs> um, I feel like birth is, like, the best but most embarrassing experience of my life because it's, like, this euphoric, amazing experience, but, like, 10 minutes before it actually happens, I was like, kill me. Yes. <laughs> and I am, I know like my, my OB nurse, like she's literally one of Logan's classmates and I like know her and I'm like, I am so sorry for yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you just don't even know, like you can't even talk during that moment. And when you talk, like it doesn't come out how it's supposed to. And you just feeling all these emotions and yeah it was that was something yeah. well did you you did you tear or anything with your first nope so I did not tear I did well I shouldn't say I didn't tear I had like a little paper cut type tear mm -hmm. just like on like an upper labia but that was literally it so it wasn't pretty much nothing because she came out like upward instead of downward mm -hmm. and that's yeah. what hurt and watching the video of it I'm like oh my gosh ow <laughs> so how was your like immediate um post-birth did you what was your plan for um like golden hour yeah so actually within like 10-15 minutes of delivering she kind of I don't know if they did it for you but um she did like the little crawl up to my breast and mm. latched right away um we did delayed cord clamping which I highly recommend um and just um oh where that I doctor at too I guess they're really um for like the delayed cord clamping skin to skin immediate mm -hmm. press mm -hmm. like they're yeah they're they were super all about that um and obviously respect people's wishes but I was all about that so yeah she she latched right away and she was on I want to say for like 45 minutes that's so nice yeah I oh. like when I gave birth to my son I didn't even like know that was a thing <laughs> <laughs> no idea but now I'm like I want to see a video of that you know <laughs> it's so crazy and like just the way they 
yeah, it was it was such a crazy feeling. And I just remember, like, when they placed her on my chest, because, like, they started unbuttoning everything, like, right as she was about to come out. And, like, they put her right there. But I just remember I couldn't even cry or laugh or anything because I was just like, oh, my gosh, I just pushed this baby out of me. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to feel? <laughs> so how was your um, postpartum with your first yeah, so with Avery, I had a little bit of a rough postpartum. So with COVID, you know, you couldn't really have mm-hmm. people you wanted in the room. Um, and then when we got home, we so our daughter was the very first grandbaby on both sides of our family and great first great granddaughter. Um, so she was kind of the, I don't know what you would want to call it, just the first. So everyone wanted child. to. <laughs> yeah, so it was just really overwhelming for me. And I was trying to breastfeed and I'm kind of like a... I'm not one who can just whip out a boob and breastfeed. I'm kind of insecure about that. So I just yeah. kind of like privacy doing that. Um, and some people it's easy to do that. And I wish I like could do that, but I just couldn't. Like I just felt embarrassed and didn't want people just staring at my boobs, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's something to note too when you're like a first time mom and you're learning and the baby's learning and like, I feel like when they're really fresh too, half the time they don't even latch right away. So your boobs just flailing in the wind. Well, <laughs> and you're, that's so true. Yes. And you're just like, and I mean, there shouldn't be any, um, like you shouldn't feel bad about it at all, but like you still do and you sweat and you stink and it just, it's overwhelming yes. and everything yeah. is just so flustering. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We just, I had a rough like coming home like the first two weeks because then we really struggled with breastfeeding for a little bit and then I just ended up exclusively pumping and I would try to nurse her with a nipple shield on but she was just so hungry constantly like she just wanted to eat and so she wouldn't open her mouth to latch she'd just start sucking the second she saw my boob so that we struggled with that for a while um and then right as I ended up finishing breastfeeding when I went back to work around three and a half months that's when she started nursing good but I started drying up at that point which really Mm -hmm. sucked and that was I don't think one thing I do want to note too is I don't think anybody could ever prepare a person enough for breastfeeding no matter if it's your first baby your second baby or your 12th baby Mm -hmm. Um, you just every baby's so different you don't know how that baby's gonna latch or how they're gonna eat or if they're gonna have a tongue tie you just really don't know and you don't know how you're going to produce each baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thankful I did produce really well um, for quite a while up until like towards the end of our journey. I really started, it, it was kind of nice because I naturally just kind of dried up uh, versus mm-hmm. having to go through kind of a harder time mm-hmm. doing that. So that was, that was nice. But yeah, I had, I had some anxiety with breastfeeding and just an overwhelming amount of people wanting to come see us constantly because she was the first baby for both of our sides um so it was just a good eye opener for the next baby to lay down some boundaries and give have people give us some space and respect (laughs) yeah for sure I'm like one of those crappy people that's like don't come over (laughs) I am so like I hate being mean so that was something that was so hard for us and my fiance and I are both people who are we don't like telling people no even (laughs) though we really need to so (laughs) Yeah. So at what point, I should say, did you get pregnant with baby number two? (laughs) Yeah. So I was five months postpartum with Avery and I did not want to go back on birth control. I had had struggled with birth control for a while and I was um, 
on the Kylina, and I really liked it, but um, I'm real, I have a really sensitive body, so the string actually, um, this was before I had my kidney infection, I had gotten it removed because the string irritated my cervix and would cause it to bleed and everything was just super painful. Um, so I was just like, you know, I'm done with birth control. If things happen, they happen. If that's what it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was five months postpartum when I found out I was pregnant with our, uh, with our other little baby. Um, and I just remember like, I don't know, we weren't like trying, trying, but we weren't not preventing it from happening but we were driving down a gravel road and I just like instantly knew I was like I am pregnant <laughs> and my, I was like I told my fiance I was like Jake you have to slow down you're driving crazy and I'm going to puke <laughs> no, like, this feeling is very familiar and did not happen that long ago <laughs> yeah and I was just saying oh my god I was like we need to go to Walgreens when we're done because we were going to look at houses and I was like we need to go to Walgreens when we're done and I need to get a pregnancy test because I know I'm pregnant <laughs> <laughs> we ended up not going and I just went over my lunch break the next day and yep three more pregnancy tests and they were all positive <laughs> how far along were you and you like how far along was baby number two when you found out at five months postpartum um so baby was like just about five weeks and I should backtrack a little bit so with Avery um and this was super like not uncommon, but not super common. I actually got my period not even a month after having her because my body's mm-hmm. super regular. Um, yeah. But my ovulation <laughs> was off. Yeah. It, it was just weird. Um, so I was able to kind of keep track of all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But my ovulation was off and I had, I had been struggling with ovulating for quite a while after, well, for the two months that I was done breastfeeding because I had like super painful ovulations. Yeah. Um, but I, like I just have signs of when I ovulate so it was like easy for me to keep track but it was hard like I was just having issues with it mm-hmm. um, but yeah that's I so I kind of had an idea um mm-hmm. but then I went in for my ultrasound and baby was measuring a week behind on my period which kind of scared me a little bit and they ended up doing a 3d ultrasound at my like a point and he was like he was measuring right at like six weeks I want to say it was mm-hmm. um but it was so weird seeing a six-week baby in 3D. <laughs> I bet just freaky. It was just like, I don't know, it looked like a snail. It was so weird. <laughs> a little tadpole. Yeah, basically. So going into this next birth, did you have anything in mind that you wanted to change or any other preparation you wanted to do going forward for this one? Yes. Yeah, so I ended up going through chiropractor this time just because, you know, I just had a baby. So my pelvic floor was just not not good at all. <laughs> um, so I did chiropractor with baby number three. Um, and it, w- it helped a lot, just kind of my lower back muscles. And I had a previous volleyball injury on my back in high school. So just where baby, just the way the baby was positioned, like it, he was just so low mm-hmm. in me the whole pregnancy and just where he sat was kind of towards my back. Mm-hmm. Um, so chiropractor really helped. I didn't go through like PT or anything. And my midwife was super good about going over stretches and everything to do at home. And I just tried to get a daily walk in and stuff. Um, I did end up having a marginal cord insertion with cash. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that was kind of freaky. For me. And I did actually have another hemorrhage with him too. I forgot to note that back in the early ultrasound. So I was really, really scared when mm-hmm. they told me that with Cash, just because it instantly just brought back what happened last time I had one of those. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it healed on its own. I didn't bleed at all with um, him, um, which is praise the Lord. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was just kind of scary. And then with the marginal cord insertion, they just monitored it. I mean, everything looked good um, for blood flow and everything, but an oxygen flow. So they just monitored it again at 32 weeks. And then at 36 weeks, they checked everything. Um, And it looked all good. So we just presumed with a normal, healthy pregnancy. I did. I told myself I was going to stick to the water birth this time too. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just very adamant about that. And my midwife, she's such a good advocator. So every time, like when I was in labor with him, she would always just be like, yep, you're going to do this water birth. Like, this is what you want, Casey. (laughs) You know, she just, it was nice. Was your pregnancy, as far as like how you felt, any different than with your other one? Yeah. So with Avery, like my first, I craved a lot of food and was able to eat a lot more with her and I gained a little bit more weight with her. And then with my son, um, I wasn't, I didn't eat a lot, but I just had so much baby in me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just didn't have any room, like my whole pregnancy. Like I just did not feel good. Like I just, I would eat little snacks and I really, really craved fruit and ice chips. Um, (laughs) My second, and I never had anemia with him. And they say, if you crave ice, you're you typically anemic, but thankfully I didn't have that with him, which was a relief. Um, but yeah, I had a very healthy pregnancy with him minus the, um, cord insertion. Um, yeah, I what, go, go ahead. Do you want to kind of like explain what that is, the cord insertion? Yeah. So with the marginal cord insertion, so, uh, typical placenta and umbilical cord is like the umbilical cord forms right down the middle of the placenta. So Mm -hmm. when it's like a marginal cord insertion, the cord is not in the middle of the placenta. So it's like off to the side, um, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. I just don't, I guess I'm not an OB. I don't know these things. (laughs) So the, the, basically the, like the, um, umbilical cord was not centered with the placenta so it can cause things like risk of low blood flow oxygen flow so they they monitor that you know like I said and follow up with that I felt kind of uneasy with how far apart that they waited to check in again on that because it went from 20 weeks to 32 weeks to follow up with that so I mean I thought that was kind of a long time but my midwife was very reassuring like you know if you start feeling less movement you know you just let us know we'll check it right away and she did like the in-room ultrasounds up until Mm -hmm. I had my 32 week ultrasound and that kind of helped ease things too but that was kind of a long wait (laughs) (laughs) so let's kind of go into your second labor if you want to kind of give a little brief on your last few weeks again and kind of just go right into it yeah so last few weeks um I didn't have any dilation but I was about 50 60 percent effaced at all my appointments um and I was just really miserable pregnant with cash and I really wanted to go on my own this time but he was sunny side up um and nothing at home was working and we just couldn't get him to move So we just decided, again, to do an induction um, 
which I really hope for the next baby we have in the future, I don't have to get an induction because I'm sick of getting induced. I really want to experience the natural life. Um, but back going back to like the labor and everything, um, I did the cytotech again and it was two, only two pills again. And then my body was on its own, which was super nice. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, a, it, my labor went faster this time too. Um, it was just a very peaceful labor and delivery. We were able to have some of our family there, like our moms. And I had one of my best friends there. Um, it was just, it was really nice. Um, I labored in the tub most of the time. And then I got up and walked and my fiance's grandma was actually in the hospital in the time. So we went over to her room and just visited her and yeah, yeah it was, it was a nice little time. Um, one thing I recommend to with the water birth, I did lavender essential oil Mm-hmm. And that totally was a whole mood. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you too, like with the cord insertion, did you do any like, did they have any like water fetal monitoring that they wanted to do on you? Yeah. So everything was good. Like, you know, when you get there, they check you out and everything. Um, and we did just keep a monitor on. Um, but then towards the end, everything was good. So we just kind of took it off. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there was really nothing. I mean, baby was looking good and everything. So I just was like, you know, and my midwife was like, she does not need monitoring. Like everything's good. Baby's good. With both of my kids, they were still kicking when they were like about to come out. It was crazy. (laughs) They were trying to like swim their way out of you. (laughs) That's basically, yeah. (laughs) Um, so about like what time did you go into the hospital and like how long were you laboring in the tub and like all these things yeah so we went in about uh six in the morning I want to say it was but they didn't start anything till eight they just did like all the prepping and stuff um so then once like the midwife came in and they started the meds I just honestly hung out in bed for the longest time up until like I want to say like four centimeters um and then I just Mm -hmm. got I was in the tub a lot just trying to move around and then we had like quite a bit of family so I was up moving around most of the time Mm -hmm. and then in and out of the tub when like family would leave just just because um Mm -hmm. and then she broke my water again and this time it was like three in the afternoon she broke my water and I forgot to note too like with Avery I had a bulging sack so I didn't feel anything when she broke it like it was just Mm -hmm. dangling she said it feels like a water balloon (laughs) um Mm -hmm. And then she broke it with cash, my second, and she prepared this time. And good thing she did because there was a lot of fluid again. <laughs> um, so she sat me up almost straight up and down this time when they just had the bag right there. And you could just like hear it just like, pff, like come right out of me. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was real interesting, but I didn't get soaked this time. So that was nice. <laughs> um, you apparently just create a lot of amniotic fluid, which is not a bad thing to have. No, but it was just, oh my gosh, but we were prepared this time. So that was good. Um, and then when she broke my water, things, you know, started progressing again. Um, mm-hmm. and then I just got back in the tub and pretty much labored the whole time. And then I should note too, and back with Avery's birth as well. Um, another good thing about like the midwife is she is very hands-on and tries to be present for the birth versus like, I know a lot of OBs, like they just come when they're needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like- Every system is different too, you know, some hospitals, they just have like rotating staff. Some are like 
they come in no matter what. It's just, it's so different everywhere you go. Yeah. And where I was like in Perm, um, you're pretty much guaranteed your doctor unless they're out on vacation. I mean, they're there for every single delivery of theirs if they can be. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, I, I liked that too. I didn't really yeah. want to go have a baby with someone I didn't feel comfortable with. Yeah. The continuity of care is just, it's so nice to just have like, you know, that one person that you are going to see the whole time. Yeah. There's just not anything like it. No, there's not. And I brag about it because it is so nice to have not anything against not having a normal, regular doctor deliver your baby, but it, like I'm just lucky because I did have that luxury. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so nice that you can do um, water births there too. I don't think either hospital in Fargo, um, like you can labor in the tub yeah. as long as you want, but you can't like actually deliver on purpose, I guess, in the tub. That's correct. So uh, I know Perham, Staples, and Alexandria, and I think there's a couple others. Just a lot of like the more rural hospitals that bring in some of the midwives. I know they do um, water births. So if anyone's looking for a water birth in Minnesota, there's a couple hospitals that do do them. (laughs) Yeah. So how long did you labor in the tub before um, he was born? Um, I want to say like... It was probably three-ish hours. I was just kind of, like, tootling around. And then all of a sudden, I remember, like, feeling this excruciating pain. And I was like, I want the epidural. Now I can't do this. (laughs) And they get anesthesia in there. And my mom and my fiance's mom step out of the room. And and my friend stepped out, too. And so Jake just stayed in there with me. They're getting ready to do the epidural. And... I just remember going, ah, and all of a sudden the door shot open and my mom goes, oh my God, is she okay in there? (laughs) (laughs) And my midwife goes, checked me. She goes, you're getting back in that tub and we're having that baby right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I got back in the tub and it was probably like, it felt like hours, but they said it was probably only like maybe 20 minutes and I just labored and labored and all of a sudden and I was joking around like the whole time because they made like a Johnny Cash joke. And then all of a sudden I was like, yep, there's the ring of fire. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, did I seriously just say that? <laughs> did you actually, like, did you physically push or was it more of like that fetal ejection reflex? I remember pushing once and then all of a sudden I like it was the reflux and it was the weirdest feeling of my life because it was just like he like flopped out of me and it (laughs) happened so no it seriously it happened so fast I had my hands down like crowning his head and then all of a sudden like that reflux rate like he like shot out and I delivered him myself like it was so crazy um brought him to my chest and then my midwife goes Casey oh my gosh I just basically missed the birth of your son (laughs) well because we were thinking he was going to come out like towards my butt because everyone was like waiting for him to like kind of shoot out backwards and no I just like grabbed him and brought him up (laughs) that primal instinct to grab your baby yeah, it was a very special moment, and I just remember, like, I because I was kind of miserable towards the end of my pregnancy, and I just remember holding him, and I started bawling, and in my head, all I was thinking was like, oh my gosh, I'm not pregnant anymore. Thank God, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> so, how was your, I guess, like, immediate post 
postpartum, like the first hour compared to your first, since you're like in a tub, like what, what is the protocol to like get back to the bed and do all those things? Yeah. Um, so with the water birth, it was just so peaceful. He came out so peaceful. I mean, he didn't even really cry. He just opened it. Like once I got him out, I just brought him out and once he came out of the water, he just opened his eyes and was just looking around all cute and sweet. And mm. and then they just kind of helped me lean back kind of against the tub at this point because I was on my hands. I delivered on my hands and knees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I should note quick, too, when I was delivering on my hands and knees, something that felt really good was to, like, almost rock upward, like, up and downward. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just comfy. That's what worked, and that's what helped him come out, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so then they just laid me back, and he had a much longer delayed cord clamping than Avery, just because it was just, everyone was just in awe. It just was a beautiful, beautiful, calm birth, and I'd say it was probably five minutes before we cut the cord, maybe a little shorter than that, but I mean, it was quite a long time versus Avery's. I think it was like 90 seconds or something like that, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was just way more peaceful and laid back, and then they gave the baby to Jake. Um after everything and then I delivered the placenta and I, I have a picture of it I can show you um but his like sack around the placenta was all still intact so you can like see where he was and then you can like see the bottom where like the placenta is it was really cool that's so cool yeah you'll have to send that to me <laughs> it's, it's super cool I know some people are kind of like grossed out by that but it's seriously it was so cool you can see like like I said you can see the sack where he was in and then at the bottom is the placenta and you can see like how it's kind of hard to see where the cord is like off-centered but it's off-centered yeah well um, if people are grossed out by that they shouldn't be listening to a birth podcast yeah, right <laughs> um but yeah then they um helped a li- like we got the placenta stuff all taken care of and they took jake and the rest of the family out and then they just kindly helped me out of the tub and rinsed me off and then mm-hmm. just got me to the bed um and then I had a really bad nurse that came on right as I was delivering. And I forgot to add it to right at the, like when I did my transition from about to get the epidural back into the tub, I did do nitrous oxide um, for just like a couple minutes until I felt ready to like actually have the baby. Mm-hmm. And they put the monitor, like they would just hold the monitor on my stomach every couple minutes, like as I was like inhaling the nitrous oxide. So basically every time I contracted, I would just inhale it um, and then they would monitor, but then they'd just take the monitor off um, mm-hmm. in between that. Um, and that helped a lot. And I just want to note on the nitrous oxide too, a lot of people struggle with it. And I figured out like why I struggled with it the first time too, is because you have to be like, I called it in the zone and I was talking to one of my friends that's a labor and delivery nurse. And she said, like, other moms have said the same thing. Like, you have to be in the, in the zone for the nitrous oxide. And you just have to be focused on your breathing and just, like, in the moment and not worrying about anything else. You're just worried about breathing the gas in as you're contracting. And that's all you're worried about. And that's really hard. But, like I said, you just – it's the zone and you have to be in it in order for it to feel like <laughs> takes you to la la land somewhere right yeah no I did try doing it and I just felt dizzy and I was like nah screw this stuff (laughs) like I said yeah it's a lot of people and I've heard that from someone else too that you do you just really have to be in a zone where you are calm and collective and focused on Mm -hmm. one thing and one thing only which is your breathing and getting through that contraction Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah. So how was your um, like immediate postpartum as far as like how you felt and like breastfeeding and all of that stuff right away? Yeah. So he breastfed um, immediately right away. And then kind of back to what I was saying. So I had this mean nurse come on um, and right after I got out of the tub. So they say like the more kids you have, the more painful it is when they shrink your uterus down. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like, I just had gotten out of the tub. Everyone was like in the room and this nurse like gouged on my stomach so hard and like blood shot out. And I just remember feeling like I was flopping like a fish on the bed. And I just remember looking over at my mom with like my eyes were just, I was in shock. It was really, really painful. And she was just like, sorry, I have to do this. And I was like, sorry, you don't have to do that. Um, And then I kind of complained a little bit to a couple of the other nurses and they were so gentle. And actually when I did it with Avery, they let me do it myself. And then they just come and check where like everything was at um, Mm -hmm. occasionally. But yeah, I just, it was a little more painful. So I did just more, I like, I stayed more on top of the pain medicine with my second, just cause yeah, that is, that was definitely more painful and it was more bloody than I remember it being with my first, um, but postpartum with him was pretty good. And yeah, he latched on right away once I got back to the bed and he fed for, gosh, he was like two hours and they say boys <laughs> like to eat. <laughs> um, I was talking to, um, Ashley cause she's your cousin, right? Yep. And she was telling me how (laughs) when she had Lakin and like the golden hour or whatever that the nurse was like, okay, Ashley, like we should probably like move you to the postpartum room. And she was like, no, I'm doing my golden hour. And the nurse was like, it's been (laughs) two and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah. Some of those babies just come up like they know what they're doing and they want that boob in their mouth 24 seven and like time is not of the essence (laughs) well and like that's the thing is like why why rush it just let it happen and right yeah no it was it was good and then we had trouble a little bit breastfeeding with him and I think it was just that we couldn't I can't remember what it quite was with him um but he just I think he just wanted to eat he was almost like the opposite of Avery he wanted to eat but he wouldn't like when he would clamp down, it was like he would bite my nipple really, really hard and like, like pull it and he would do it to his the bottles too. So mm. it was just crazy. And then he was eating six ounces at two weeks, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like, I was like, I cannot keep up with this little boy. Um, but we corrected his feeding and it was just, it's almost like I had to have him underneath my boob. And that's what they said. Like you almost have to like grab and hamburger your boob into their mouth and (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was a lot of work but it was worth it and uh one nice thing too I did was a cordless pump just because we had another little baby at home they're exactly 14 months apart Mm -hmm. um so I was like I definitely can't be plugged into a wall um but I got super engorged all the way up to my armpits and I would like bruise myself from just massaging all the milk down because I just I ended up overproducing because I would just pump and pump and pump trying to get this milk out for this starving baby. (laughs) And I had such a hard time wanting to supplement because I just felt bad, you know, like I couldn't provide. And I felt the same way with Avery. And it was way worse with Avery just because that was my first time. And I was like, no, I have to breastfeed her. She has to be Mm -hmm. breastfed. Um, Mm -hmm. 
But finally, once he, well, so then back to cash, he breastfed great and everything, and we had the hang of things. And then at two and a half months, he started projectile puking my breast milk. Um, you can probably hear my daughter crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he started projectile puking my breast milk. So they think he has a lactose intolerance. Um, mm. He's on soy milk now, and he still struggles with like acid reflux. So we just are winging it with soy milk and. Yeah, it was, it was good. I don't, I think I have more postpartum anxiety now than anything. Yeah. How was your recovery, I guess, like, when you got home? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> from, like, one to two. Did you, is there anything, like, different? So, that I was really, like, anxiety-ridden about that, um, my whole pregnancy, and I'm just so thankful that like the second Avery saw her baby brother in the hospital we slowly introduced her to him um but Mm -hmm. she just loved him from the day she saw him and they've just been the best of friends and you know I I was really worried about the sharing of attention but someone told me something and it's just kind of always stuck with me like they're just never gonna know life without each other because they're so little like that's so true that's like they're twins you know Mm -hmm. um so it's just been like it I was think that was something I was worried about postpartum I was gonna struggle with but I've just really tried to incorporate our daughter in his cares and like split the attention and like I just made their schedule so like if he was sleeping I was spending time with her and if she was sleeping I was spending time with him mm-hmm. um, did you have like the issue where everybody wanted to come over and bother you the whole time this time around no actually we didn't because everyone was able to kind of be at the hospital this time. Mm, mm-hmm. Everyone kind of had their share at that point. And then we just kind of laid down the rules because of the adjusting of our daughter with our son and just the breastfeeding situation that we had last time and how exhausted I was. We were just like, nope, we need some space for a few days. So it was like, it was just a learning lesson the first time. And we were able to implement that Mm-hmm. you know better this this time around and I think it was just people kind of understood and respected it more this time but mm-hmm. it also wasn't the first baby either so it, not that it wasn't as exciting but like again they were also involved at the hospital as well so, <laughs> people, yeah it was just like we just had more space I guess this time yeah and it just it's such a different experience, probably your second one. I have not have had a second one, but I feel like you're just like, I mean, I feel like if I was going to have a second one, I'd be more like prepared and ready versus like the first time you're just like deer in the headlights. Like there's nothing that you know. <laughs> well, right. And going back, I know you had posted a while ago about like um, gender shaming. And mm-hmm. when we had found out Cash was a boy, I honestly, I, I mean, I was so excited we were having a boy, but I bawled because I was just like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to start all over. We have all these baby girl clothes and what am I going to do with all of them? Like, we're going to have to buy all these baby clothes all over. And it was just like, that's what went through my head. I wasn't sad we were having a boy. I was sad we were just going to have to like do everything all over again. Ooh, my microphone died. I got to get Uh-oh. my... <laughs> <laughs> I just turned on my other one. Um... Uh, I was laughing a little bit while you were saying that because I was like, that's why you just got to buy beige clothes, <laughs> beige clothes like me. <laughs> and then it, you just, it, they go for both. 
that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So is there anything else you would like to note about your postpartums or any like resources or tips or advice you would like to share with anybody that might be listening? Um, just always, always, always talk to your provider if you have any postpartum issues. Um, and breastfeeding, like I said, you can never have enough help and resources with that. Um, and I've spent hours in lactation. So if anybody has any lactation questions, I would love to help because I have, like I said, spent hours on hours learning different positionings, how to get them to open the latch, all that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, mom, mom to mom advice is some of the best advice I ever had. Um, Mm -hmm. And then one other thing I want to note too, um, with a lot of my friends that have gotten pregnant, you know, when you have the baby, everyone's so excited to see the baby, but kind of forget about the mom. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just try to kind of make sure that you know, moms have the support postpartum too, because like I said, people forget about the mom <laughs> a lot. And so- yeah, everybody's like, how's the baby? And you're like, I'm great. <laughs> no, that's literally like, just check in on your postpartum mama friends, because I was thankful I had that support and someone got me a mommy gift and I was like, oh my gosh, that was the best gift I ever had. It was just like face masks and some candy and like Mm -hmm. that was the only thing I got for like myself pretty much. And it was just so, I don't know, it just stuck with me and now I just make sure to do that for all my mom friends and I kind of make them like a little postpartum kit thing of must-haves that really helped me um, at home. Yeah, well, I love that. Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining and sharing your beautiful births. It was so fun to talk to you. Thank you. (laughs) 